0: Pale horse. The man who sat on him was death. And hell followed with him. You're killing me, man.
1: out there and welcome to Declarations of War. I am your host, Alexei Card, joined as always by my noir brethren, Levitain.
0: G'day, g'day, day
1: No guests this week. We have a ton of stuff to talk about, mostly involving faction warfare, the hot topic for EVE and the going into the end of this year, really all summer, a source of much speculation, and we're finally starting to get some hard, concrete answers. Before we get into that. We asked our audience, which new Navy battlecruiser are you most excited to try? I was very surprised by how this poll played out. The plurality of our audience most excited to try the new Cyclone. The Cyclone has been reworked from an active tank ship to a, I don't know what you would call it, like a hard and fast hit and run ship, although I don't know how much running it's going to be doing.
0: It's pretty fast uh, compared to Battle Cruiser turns, but yeah, it's that rate of fire bonus. It's, we've seen very little like it in the game.
1: It's definitely I mean, kind of interesting. I, I'm very interested to see how people wind up utilizing it if it's more of a solo ship or a group ship or a fleet ship, but it's definitely very much offensively focused. No defensive stuff whatsoever. Meanwhile, the ship that I thought was going to do much better, the Prophecy Navy, has barely got any votes at all.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, it's it's got a good set of bonuses. Um, I just wonder if people wanted something a bit different. So, I mean, I, I was following the bit the media about the the guy who took out the I remember, on Navy issue when it was the first to die in it, and he went out in a blaze of glory. So That thing did really nicely. Um, I wonder if we're just a bit early in the in the life uh, life span of these. Um, Ships now to really see what we're up against. I'd be interested as particularly as the new faction warfare systems really start to kick in and more people start to get this. I'd be interested to see how that, like fleets of these things.
1: It would be cool. I, I think the availability has to go up, the price has to come down, of course. But I I certainly see at least the prof navy. It definitely has some fleet fighting applications. I don't know to what extent we'll be able to put other stuff in that category but it definitely has bonuses that just make itself a natural Doctrine ship. It's got the tank, it's got damage projection. I'm excited for it. Uh, I'll be interested to see where the price point falls and how it stacks up against its competition in that price point. But we are in some exciting times. Speaking of new ships, we've got even more information about that. Unfortunately, what we're not going to get as far as new ships are new Alliance Tournament ships in the network because we lost pretty hard in the feeder rounds. Uh, did not do so good.
0: Yeah, that was a... Sorry, I'm having a little fight on the gate while we're doing this show. Um, it's It was unfortunate. I mean, we went 0 for 2 in the feeders, and that's... Was It's a bad result because we were straight out. Um, we had a really good shot. Um, I would say, you know, internally from our practices, we had some really good compositions. No, you know, we, I don't think, truth be told, we played our best hand. I think we had compositions that were better, compositions that were uh, more suited to it. But ultimately, um, it wasn't to be. And our oh, hell now. Nah, the people who beat us made it into the alliance tournament proper. Well done to them. They pulled out some really nice fighting there, and it's a shame. Um, I mean, we, I know from our internal practicing and our scrims, we did a lot better this time. We were really, you know, putting away some good teams in our scrims and doing well with it. It just wasn't to be.
1: Yeah, I think the actual fights are a little bit closer than than the zero two score would. Would indicate we pulled out a kite comp for the first one. We did the same thing uh, not last year, but the year before that, and we also lost. Just our tournament record with kite comps, not great, but practice wise, we had run it a lot and it had done pretty well. And it didn't completely fall on its face, just didn't work out the way we needed it to work out. And with the second one, I felt like we went with one of our strongest setups, but just got slightly countered.
0: Yeah, I think it was. I think it was part of it. I think mean, don't think we, we quite read the meta too well? Because I mean, the meta here was, you know, big battleships, big plates, big battleships. And kite, you know, I think that was one of those matches where had we played executed differently, I think we'd have probably done better. But you're right, you know, kite comps in this meta, I think have really, in this particular meta have really struggled. Um, yeah, we pulled out a, kind of an all, kind of an all-purpose comp itself, and I think we just ran into a heavier composition again that. Could do against us, Um, but it it is what it is, you know. I mean, we like you know the two teams we fought brought competent compositions. You know, could have been we could have been into the Thucker Silver side of things and played the um, shut up, I'm trying teams, and that just that just felt rough. That you know, we just watched this these teams just cruise into the feet into the knockout rounds without even trying.
1: Yeah, I can't begrudge them though.
0: Like, honestly... nah, they, 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 they fought like anyone else.
1: Yeah, they fought like anyone else, and anyone could have fallen in that spot as well. And again, it's just the feeders. They're going to get into the Alliance tournament, and they're going to face the hard speed bump of reality one way or the other.
0: Yep. So, onwards, I mean, in from a bright spot, it means my weekends are back, because I was putting quite a lot of weekend time into the into Alliance tournaments, but the practice you gained, one tournament transfers to the next, and even to the not to the eighties, at like the anger games and anything else. I always advise anyone to give alliance tournaments at least a try or two, just because it's it gets you in a different mindset of fighting, um, and it really helps with you with your um small gang skills. It really does.
1: Yeah, I I think it's a good investment. It is a very intensive process, especially the way we were doing it. Basically takes all of your Eve time for two or three months. And I'll admit by the end of it, I was a bit sick of it. <laughs> I wanted to do anything but. Uh and now, you know, we get the chance to do that. So it sucks. Um I really wish we would have stayed in for a little bit longer, but hey, you know, I'm glad that we tried and we'll try again next year.
0: Indeed, and I think we, we definitely would try. I think we've got a, a good, solid base there and um, some good experience to take forward to the next one.
1: Absolutely, although the, uh, the meta will almost certainly shift with these new Faction Battlecruisers and with the new Faction Destroyers that just got dropped at EVE Vegas, Brings us to our next story. E Vegas had a ton of revelations. I feel like CCB was saving up a lot to make Vegas a little bit more special this year. Kind of going against their trend lately, anyway, of not really doing much with E Vegas at all. This time around, they actually had some new releases, new reveals, including some highly anticipated items like the new Faction Destroyers. They revealed that Faction Dreads are coming. I don't think they revealed the actual stats on them. They revealed um, a little bit more about the new Faction Warfare system, which has now hit Singularity. And what am I Oh, Hack Reworks. Uh, The Munin is getting its artillery removed, which is one of the most consequential game balance decisions they could have done.
0: So I missed that. What's that all about?
1: Oh, yeah. The the Munin is getting its... uh, it's turret bonus replaced with a missile bonus, and it's getting allegedly one of its tank bonuses re- or one of its bonuses replaced with some kind of tank bonus. Huh. I mean,
0: I would have, I would have thought that they would have, you know, gone with the come to the way around and kind of replaced the vagabonds' auto um, cannons with like missiles, because that, you know, as a, as a hit and run shit would have been better, you know, as opposed to like just trying to mirror a sacrilege. But it'd be interested to see how that goes.
1: Well, this is all, of course subject to change. It could also be just pure rumor. Um, a lot of people are posting somewhat unofficial things. in fact that the the post I'm thinking of is probably at least partially fucked up. Uh, so I don't know if this is rumor that they're trying to confirm or if there are just typos in it or what's going on. Uh, but they have announced that there would be hack changes. This is a hack change. Could be yeah I'm looking
0: um, at, the, at the at the thread right now, as you say, so you know five missile slots. um yeah it's it's a it's a shield and armor bonus resistance bonus, I think that's the first ship we've ever seen with that on if that's if this is true
1: I wouldn't be shocked if it is although the one uh the one element which might give it pause is that they're swapping low slots around, removing a low and adding a mid. I mean,
0: that would turn it to a, f- uh, a five and five, so five mids, five lows. Uh, which
1: I, I, oh well, yeah, actually, yeah, that could be then.
0: Yeah, I just uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's really strange. It's a, it's a strange one because then where does it leave the vagabond? Unless they intend to do something with that as well.
1: I think they're going to tweak. Most of them. Um, but, um, so this, this isn't confirmed. It's listed as an EVegas Vegas spoiler. There, it says that the power grid will be decreased by 1,000. I don't think that's true, but it could be decreased by 100, and the guy typing it up just added a zero. Everything else in this post looks very reasonable as far as uh, like potential changes to it. Uh, according to the leak post or the spoiler post, it would do light missile, heavy missile, heavy assault missile damage. Armor and shield resistances, but slightly less than you're used to seeing for any particular, like 5% only gives you three. And then for the hack skill, allegedly 5% bonus to light missile, heavy missile, assault missile, explosion velocity, which is a regular Mimitar bonus, and a 5% bonus to launcher rate of fire, which is also a pretty conventional Mimitar bonus. So nothing in here looks too crazy. Yeah,
0: the, the bonus to um, explosion velocity also affecting light missiles seems a bit of a strange one, since light missiles don't usually need much of a help with that one. It's used most of the ships you see the explosion vol- um, velocity bonus on, generally reserved for heavies and hands. But yeah, I'll be, be interested to see when these things start hitting CC proper.
1: Which apparently will be pretty soon, and there may also be an official follow-up dev blog, so we'll know for sure what the changes to the Munin will be, as well as the other hacks. But we know for sure that they are getting some kind of change. And i got to imagine the Munin is top of the list one way or the other, so it will receive some tweaking. It's just tough. It's, it's a fast artillery platform that has some natural defenses against battleships. I feel like it is still very counterable. We've talked about it on the show a whole bunch, Uh, particularly against battleships. It's extremely easy for them to hit, especially with the new micro warp drive situation with hacks where they don't have their uh, their um, MWD sig radius reduction. Battleships can hit them quite reliably and we'll be able to pop them. Much faster than the battleships themselves are getting popped.
0: Well, I think it's also with the plate and um, LSC changes the fact that they get scalable bonuses on battleships, you need more of them now to, to alpha a battleship
1: Yeah, Whereas there's that, also I'm like good. battle cruisers. there's tons of battle cruiser options now to potentially you know shoot against them. I feel like it's counterable. The one advantage they have over all of their counters though is that they can choose to disengage the fight at any time. Which is kind of a natural advantage of most of the heavy assault cruisers, either through either through range or speed, one of the two.
0: Yeah, I just cannot help but thinking of looking at, let's say, the Sacrilege, which you know is you know the Mimitar, sorry, the Amarr. If you like the Amar counterpart to this, um, and again, it's just you know it's got it's got an armor resist bonus. Now this one's got. Less of it, it's got ham, it's got missiles. This also has missiles. I just wonder if going missiles is, is a slight error, if you will, about where to take this. But I, I get why they're going for it. Maybe they could just maybe you not, you know, um, maybe have all cannons kind of being useful for a it change itself. I think running missile and armor itself very it just puts it really similar to the sacral and then you might ask yourself why use the why not why use the Munin over the Sackle since the Munin still has you know, an explosive hole the size of a small city <laughs> yeah but yeah interesting Um, will be interested to see how it goes we, got, we did get some stats for the, the destroyers though I mean we got some screen grabs from uh, from eVegas now, of course these are all subject to change Um, but the headlines are that the the destroyers essentially are they are losing their tracking bonus because most of these things have a roll bonus to tracking, and they're getting kind of little tweaks in different ways. Um, the Cormorant is, still has its range. So it still has a double range bonus. It gets 50% um, optimal. And it also gets fall off now as well from from its roll, which is new to all of them, and gets a bit of range and its uh, ship bonuses. But it also gets a shield booster bonus. I'm, I'm not entirely certain they fought that one through. From truth be told i mean the rest of them so the galente ship the catalyst has a plate mass reduction which is almost exactly the same as the eris interdictor um the the uh, the coercer has a hp again very similar to the uh, the interdictor that that is above it the heretic the thrasher gets a reduction to micro-watt drive bloom again very similar to the saber but we then you might expect the Cormorant to get shield HP similar to the flyer catcher, instead gets an active shield bonus, which I think I think is just a missed opportunity there.
1: To me, it signals they envision to be more of a Well, with all of them, it's the theme is like tank destroyer. I think what they're signaling is that the Kaldari destroyer will be optimized for solo or very small gang PvP. Whereas the Mimitar one with the sig radius reduction, to me, that's more of a fleet ship.
0: Yeah, but even then, I, I think rather than having a shield booster amount, um, it's ten percent is a decent amount. But the most you can ever get on there is a medium, and then you have to kind of run a kind of like a a, a, a weirder set of guns. I would have I would have simply stuck with the shield HP. Uh, bonus itself kind of keep parity with the dictators that sit above it and I think that bonus would lend better both to small gank and to fleet um, fights as well hmm Um, the rest so of them faction dreads. We don't have any stats on those, but we, there was like a grainy video that was shared of them. Um, so, and there's, there's clearly been some hints dropped on Twitter from the official Eve account, so we know some. We know we're getting some big faction toys,
1: which is cool. More stuff to shoot is always cool. I'll be interested to see how they, what they give them to make them worth what I'm sure will be a fairly sizable price point. Especially in capital gameplay that is now so defined versus super capitals and how droppable your capital fleet is hmm. you know, i don't I don't know maybe they would dare to do some sort of uh, uh triage slash siege module activation time reduction well, I don't know if that would be good or bad if they did yeah it seems. The
0: current meta so everyone and everyone and their mom has a dread and everyone every alt has it and you know, there's very few places you can drop one of these things without someone with a much bigger cat fleet that can just drop on you at most times and once you're in siege you know rep being repped doesn't work itself and all the all-out four needs to do is drop more dreads than you and you lose your nice shiny faction toy dreads and Meant to be that kind of you, you go all in with them so you're right i mean faction ships you'll have they will have more in the way of raw hp but you'd expect them to have something a little bit different as well to kind of uh, make them stand out and make them be a bit better now whether that would be um of you know, mixed bonuses itself or, or having kind of both tank and dps bonuses to kind of signal them out i don't quite know
1: Oh, yeah, interesting. And I'm trying to think about the racial equivalents, like what the first faction ships were as far as faction battleships. Uh, like, would we see a a Mimitar Dread that has a missile and turret bonus? Like the Typhoon fleet? Will it be more like the... Uh, or, excuse me. Yeah, will it be more like the Tempest fleet where it's just everything the Dreads do normally but a little bit better with more hit points? I certainly think it'd be more interesting if they spice it up a little bit rather than just had buffed normal versions but there is only so much you can do with these ships.
0: Yep. I mean, you've got some of I think it's the, the, um, uh, the Dregoristas that have the, the Cayman, I believe which is the Phoenix that can launch fighters so they can't have that particular... Um, side of things, and there's no point in having mobility-type things because in in siege you ain't moving.
1: Yep. And tracking would potentially make them a little too strong, so that's the uh, the Megathron fleet, the Megathron navy. That's out.
0: Gosh, that would be funny though, wouldn't it? You know, faction dreads that could move while sieged.
1: <laughs> I think that's probably a little too mechanic-breaking for a simple. Move.
0: Pie, in the, pie in the sky, but that would be hilarious.
1: I'm very curious. Um, we've also seen the new faction warfare system for the first time. It's pretty much exactly what they've been saying it's going to be. Um, it's got a pretty new map. It's got some new complexes to split out whether or not you can only come in with tech one ships, faction ships or tech two ships. That. I think is appreciated in general in the faction warfare space because it can be frustrating, especially for a newer player. If you don't realize these Navy ships can go in the places, the T ones can, but at the same time, doesn't seem to be changing anything fundamental about the faction warfare capture mechanics. What is changing of course is the frontline system, which we are going to get to test on CC had not tested it myself, but I haven't heard massive outcry about it yet, so I'm guessing so far so good.
0: Yeah, it seems like they've it, what what seems to be right now is that the frontline systems offer more in the way of LP, so there's more of an incentive to be there. Um, there's obviously less front lines because you, know, you, you can only get a front line if it's next to an enemy system. If you've got like loads of systems, you know, deep in your space, you know, there won't be much incentive to be there. The rear guard systems. Um, so I think the idea is that try and concentrate more of the, the activity within faction warfare into a smaller set of systems. And apparently there'll be extra things that can happen that will alter the flow or provide further incentives um, to help with this. Um, whether they change the amount of percentage points that, are, that a Plex will cap for you, which is currently at 0.7%. Um, I haven't really, as you say, fully gone in and tested that myself.
1: Well, I sure hope they do, because if they spent the last six months developing the system and the best they could do for the frontline system was a little bit more LP for being there, I would be inexplicably disappointed. Like, yeah, I mean, that, they- that is both the most obvious and most boring thing that definitely shouldn't take six months to build. So uh, yeah. I hope we have other stuff up in their sleeve.
0: I mean, it, it be, we'll cover this a bit in our next point, but certainly, I think we found that it, there is a, there is a big grind to faction warfare and um, big teams with lots of players. In you know, this you're really in, you're almost incentivized to be on the winning side because they get there are bonuses to the factions whereby if they control more systems, it applies a multiplier to the LP you get, which means that any empire that owns like a huge swathe automatically is generating like 75 or 100 percent more LP per site itself and that's that that system becomes open to botting and and, and just multi, and just low effort multiboxing itself. and this is how people can get lots of LP very very quickly in these systems. and I don't see that's being fundamentally changed right in what they've seen thus, thus far.
1: Well it was it was at least on their radar at um... Fanfest. So this is this a scaled back version. Is more coming in Q1? They just want to test it out in phases. We do know it will be some kind of phased rollout, but how phased, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean it's I'd kind of I'd I'd kind of like for them to have a system that'll that you incentivizes being in kind of like smaller groups. So like take Gowmil and Cowmel right now. Caldari Militia and Galente Militia. Caldari outnumber Galente across the board. Um, and I'd kind of like a mechanic in there that says, okay, if your team is, you know, doesn't have the numbers for it, but you will get more LP per site that you get, it kind of incentivizes you to be um, or, or at least incentivizes you to maybe go towards these teams rather than just have one hopping in with the biggest blob on the map.
1: Well, you hope there would be something. But I, I think even if the teams are unbalanced, any steps you could take against making it botable or encouraging a botting approach would be advantage players on both sides. The, uh, you know, you see these militias spending so much time and effort on their, on their capturing, which is the core of the gameplay. And then to have that be turned around and be undone by automated stuff that can run 24-7, in mass it just like why would a player invest themselves into that kind of system doesn't make any sense
0: yeah I I hope there's more iteration to come rather than just kind of shuffling the deck chairs on it because the system system itself needs a lot of changes we are finding out in our next point about where Noir is headed off to
1: Yes, our new contract, we are officially in Faction Warfare. This is a bookend to our previous contract where we were in Solitude and then we went from Solitude to like placidish area fighting for the Kaldari, but we couldn't actually join them because of some standings issues. Oh, we got a contract to assist the Glenti Militia and we are now officially in Faction Warfare to do it. It has been... Very active and very bloody. Almost all of the fighting has been concentrated around Placid. I don't think we've roamed into Black Rise once, which works because this is where all the action is. When I say all the action. I mean action. Uh, we already have one of our players has the top kills on Z-Kill for the entire Galenti Federation, and our alliance is the third most killingest alliance. It's a uh, quite a bit to the next level. It's uh, 627 kills from sedition to our 195, but we're getting there.
0: We've just joined. And you just died.
1: Yeah, this is, we've been in for about a week, so that's not too bad. I'm sure there's a lot of room to grow on that front. Uh, and we've done. Okay. Uh, let's see. What is our official efficiency here? So we've killed just over 14 and a half billion. Our efficiency is, sitting in the mid to low 80s right now, which is great. Um, We haven't actually solo flipped any systems, but I think what we're finding out in Faction Warfare is that just doing that by yourself is probably untenable, especially with the numbers that the Keldari Militia has. But we've been helping out with defenses and making a lot of other systems competitive. And in general, it has been very fun. So the contract is still ongoing. I can't discuss how long it's going to be going or what in particular our instructions have been. But we are based on a goes for now. We've been helping the main Galanti forces in Haley's and we have been taking whatever fights we can get. They have been on offer. Now, Lave, you've been playing a ton. You've also helped do some captures. What is your big takeaway from the current faction warfare system from the perspective of a mercenary? We usually do all of our PVP outside this coming in now. What's different? What's good? What sucks? The good,
0: there's a lot of activity and it is across the kind of the skill lane ranges, so from T one frigates, which there's a low barrier of entry to, all the way up to um, fleets of small to medium. It is it should on paper be a rife kind of area, a really ripe area for kind of like engaging people. The downsides, the mechanic is great. Because it forces you to sit in a capture site for 10 15 minutes um, per site itself with a kind of slow kind of rate of spawn and a very even even for noir, who are uh, our pvp activity is punching above is punching above our weight and size in gal mill. We can make next to no concerted effort or, or no concerted um, effect on the overall capture of the system because all it takes is you know you, you disappear off the night you teams you go a night and just at the downtime, loads of people come buying in and the progress is just reset so you can you can't really make any concerted headway without almost 24 7 coverage itself which we as an organization just by ourselves is tricky because we don't have full time zone coverage and then you've got the fleets you know that the ships often you have ships in faction warfare are tailored to specific sites so it's not a case to just bring one ship in, and that does a variety of things. You know, you can fly in. You might have someone on dock and, and warp to a, a a novice and a punisher fleet itself with a bit of T1 logistics. And that fleet is specifically geared to going into that and brawling out with someone. Or you might have another fleet turn up in cormorants or or um and, and know that they're coming in for missiles or railguns. It almost feels like it's very specifically geared for a particular site, a particular thing. And so you need almost lots of different tools in the box. So if you don't have those tools in the box staged, you very quickly find yourself being, it's almost like a case. So, you know i'm going to bring a rock and then the other guy und- undocks um you know paper and then so you undock scissors and then they they bring out a lizard and it just it's very and it, it, if you don't have the numbers to kind of hold down sites at the same time you're often just chasing people because as soon as they get into a site they can just walk away from it quickly and the opportunity to catch them is really it's it's a lot smaller than it should be for example like in null set you can bubble a gate and really interdict them it's there's very little you can do without specialized tools to capture people in that particular configuration. So it's ultra-slippery and it's not the most engaging.
1: Yeah. Uh, I like the diversity of fights. I like the the constant nature of it. I think that's due to the players involved. They're very scrappy. I think there are a number of elements to it which are, are kind of they're irritating to the point of being demotivating. Like, uh, we just ran into one today with the Kaldari novice site, which still allows you to capture it even after it's been captured. So we like sat there for twenty minutes for no point because it was already gone and we had no idea, no way to know that. That was one thing. Uh, the bot ability of it, definitely. That the heavier sites, the mediums, the op- the largest, the opens. They give you the same amount as the same capture value, sorry, as the novices in the smalls, but they take like double the time. So that's a bit backwards as well. There's a lot of things wrong with this. I'm frankly surprised that players have stuck with it as long as they have. Hopefully, CCP takes a look at some of this and does more than just uh, increase the LP value of some of the gameplay. But. they've got really smart devs on this. They've been working on it for a while. They've collected a ton of feedback from everyone, and I'm sure as more and more players who haven't been stuck with Faction Warfare for years start trying it out and getting into it, they will make their displeasure about the various painful points of it very clear. But yeah, if they want to retain players to come in to try Faction Warfare, definitely think it's not exactly in the most presentable state as it is. And we'll see just how much of that winds up changing between now and when the content on Sissy is released to tranquility. But contract wise, I'm having a good time.
0: Yeah, it's it's good to get in, there. and I think we, when we certainly got in there, we I think at the very first we didn't actually focus on the plexes immediately. We just we just went for what we know best, which was you know, we went camped on the gate camps and we did a gate camp and just chewed up cow mill left, right, and center. And that's... When we could fight on our, on our side of things, we made them very angry. Um, but clearly, in, when going into the system itself, they've got the numbers, they've they've got the ships down here itself. And yeah, I agree. I think people who have stuck with it for so long probably almost kind of like they're so invested in it if, if, that they kind of want this this neglected system to be fixed by CCP and I, and I think it really could be fixed it could be fixed I think it not not with anything particularly groundbreaking it just doesn't quite feel like CCP quite is telling us they've got a number they might have the master plan literally on a, on a Dev lease ready to go and, we, and our, our prayers will be answered but it'd be nice for them to actually tell us this.
1: Yeah, I, I think they're I mean it's out on the test server that's as telling us as it as it gets, really, aside from a super detailed dev blog, which we might get pretty soon from the sound of it. But yeah, like CCP has been playing its cards close to the vest, keeping all this stuff for Vegas. I don't want to get too much into that. It feels like it's a nitpick at this point. The information is out there. Why they would keep it to themselves for so long and save it for releasing it on a a PowerPoint that got projected onto a white wall in like what, what looks like somebody's living room. I don't know. Uh, cannot defend that decision, especially given the troubles that they're currently in as far as losing players, but... We're here now, and I am excited for the changes in general. And yeah, I'm I'm pretty optimistic for the new system, at least willing to give it a chance. I think everything's going in the right direction. It's also not the only thing coming in this patch. There's also going to be uh, a change to the dynamic bounty system, which NullSec players have been clamoring for. It'll bring their income back up to where it was before with the option of it being 50% higher actually in high combat areas. So rather than a nerf to null sec income to drive them to spread out a little bit, they're going to be just as comfortable with their income as they were before, but the option to get more if they take more risks. Probably not the place we want to be, but it's a number that they can always change. So I'm not, not mad about it, and I think as far as we... Yeah, you know, we're out here, we need more players to come back. Giving them incentives to come back and grind money is is good. It's probably a little bit too far to go from fifty to a hundred, but hey. Null sec guys need love too.
0: I think a lot of gay people in the game need a lot of love right now.
1: Yeah, true that. But um, yeah, we'll see how this goes. And the way this contract kind of works out, this is kind of my highlight. My host highlight is the way this contract works out. Awesome. Uh, we got this contract literally the morning. I got the first inquiry the morning. We were going to have a court meeting to discuss if we were going to join Vaction Warfare, which side would we join? And we were actually kind of leaning Kaldari initially and then we started talking about it and started going a little bit more toward the Galente. And then we got the contracts, which was perfectly timed. I, I got the money secured during the cork meeting itself, which made that decision very easy. <laughs> so yeah. here we are. And it's kind of like getting a paid preview. Um, I normally don't talk too much about uh uh Contract details, but I think it's fair to say in the context of everything that's happening, we will definitely be here for it you know, till the patch day and for some period of time after that. I don't think that's giving away too much so in a sense we get a paid preview of the new system and how it uh, and how it will impact everything and who knows maybe we like it enough that we stay or we alternate between here and there who knows. One thing's for sure, though, we are rapidly becoming one of the most active and killingest alliances in the Galanti Militia. And, you know, if anyone out there wants to join and be part of that, we're more than happy to have you, especially if you're interested in not just doing Faction Warfare, because we're still mercs. And even if we did decide to stay in for the fun factor, our contracts will take us far and wide throughout the EVE universe, from NullSec to Wormholes to other parts of Losec, Potchfinn. We go where the fights happen. Go where the money is. Indeed. Leave, what's your highlight?
0: I think I'd just echo that. I mean, it's nice to be back in this side of things, uh, the nice side of space. I used to be in this area with Shadow Cartel, before I run into them, who were, and they've already tried to get me back on their side. Um, it's great to see this nice bit of PvP in this area, um, so it's comfortable. And we used to do a lot of uh, faction warfare base stuff back in Mercenary Alliance itself and we used to base predominantly in Black Eyes we generated a ton of content up there itself and back then we weren't even in Faction Warfare but we made we made a habit out of killing people who were doing it and and being quite annoying at doing so so be happy to kind of, kind of shake off the cobwebs get back into doing what we do best up in this side of town
1: And speaking of the best of the best, the Golden Elite, thank you so much for continuing to support our show. We've got Bodie Wilson, Fade Trades, Kestrel Swainson, Krav, Mark Havoc, Tane Tengu, and Tweak. You guys have stuck with us for a long time, and we really appreciate it. I also want to give a shout out to the Glinty Militia in general, uh, Glinty Mission Leadership slash Logistics guys. Just like have tons of ships to hand out for ops, including full amulet pods for certain ops. No questions asked. This. Handed them out. That's pretty cool.
0: It's amazingly cool.
1: Leave. Yeah,
0: um, uh, I, that's that's. I, I've not yet been onto one of those fleets because they all seem to be in US time zone, and uh, poor Eurogubs like may seem to be missing them all. But I just
1: I, you could be leaving them, leave. Hmm.
0: Hmm. What? No. Mm. What? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows, but yeah i'm I'm looking forward to just uh carrying through this one. I don't particularly have any major kind of um highlights of what I've uh, been doing throughout this itself it's just nice to be back It helps to build on that for the time for the next show
1: I think get a shout out as well
0: yeah i I think I would also go for the gar- the gutmel gar- no. um I think to fight can keep fighting even after, you know, cow mill uh, clearly going kind to of have a numerical advantage, there is a, there is a certain kind of Spartan-esque kind of feel to it itself. And it's nice to stick it to the blob.
1: Yeah, it's kind of fun. Well, quite a blob they have.
0: Oh, yeah. All
1: right, guys, that's it. Head to declarationsward.com to participate in our show poll. YouTube.com slash C slash of K to leave a comment on our show highlights and PvP highlights. And just once again, to bump it, our recruitment is on. We are pulling in people for both for our current faction warfare endeavor and for future adventures that await us heading into 2023. Uh, Don't want to spoil slash hype things up too much because who knows if everyone's going to show up (laughs) the way we want them to. But the next show, we're hoping to have multiple guests for what we would love to believe is an unforgettable episode. We'll see if it all comes together. But uh, definitely tune in for the next one if you like this show, if you're very interested in all the faction warfare goings on. And also, a quick shout-out to the Federation Frontline podcast. Uh, had a really great time with them. If you haven't checked them out, go check out my episode with them. It should be their most recent one. I can find them on Twitch. And that's it, guys. Wherever you are and whatever faction you're flying with, good hunting, listeners.